Darkinator. Hey, hey there. <laughs> uh, it's interesting for us to be here in the Easy Peasy on a Saturday. Yeah, it's a different feel. It is a different feel. Yeah. Although I noticed that uh, there's millennials here. Or, there are a few. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, well, when you don't have, uh, and this isn't a criticism, it's just a, a fact. I've noticed when uh, it does happen that there are some millennials that, that kind of hover and, and do. But if you don't have a husband or a wife and or kids. Mm-hmm. Sure. Why not? You know, yeah. I mean, you got, and actually I found that, man, when I get here, because a lot of times I roll in here, you know, 7, 730, something yeah. like that in the morning. That first couple hours when nobody's around here. Lonely? No, you get a lot like, of work done. Even then, it's like, oh, there's no, like, there's not even people walking by the window right. to distract me. So right. it's kind of a, you know, there's a, a feeling of like, right. hey, we can, we can okay, get something good. done. Anyway, yeah. well, that's good. Here so we are uh, in the peasy. Got the a peasy. Got a uh, jug full got of our, yeah, lemons. Got our bowl of lemons. Bowl of lemons to my right. Not sure exactly why they're. When there. life gives you lemons, throw uh, them at your friends. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was on the way in, I was listening to uh, one of the F3 families. Uh, on the podcast in the F3 family podcast, yes, which is the uh, stuff worth trying. Ah, yes, I'm which, a big fan of the stuff worth trying with the stuff worth trying team comprised of Tommy Boy, who I call T Boy, yes, and Italian job, who I call the daily eye job, yeah. <laughs> yes, as he, uh, yeah, and he now, always has a good one, yeah, I he uh, he, he always does, yeah. uh, and T Boy, who's not. As regular, they don't have a daily yeah, tea boy. Yeah, it's not prolific as uh, in the same. Oh, way. it's not as uh, periodic. Fair, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, by the way, quick shout out, uh, tea boy in the mail sent me a hand. I saw that carved. I guess I'm not sure how he did it. It's machine carved, but machine yes. carved. Yeah. Oh, it's not hand carved. I don't believe so. Okay, heck, I don't. Remember. But I think it's I think it's machine right. now. But he designed it himself and I, the whole thing. Anyway, woodworking is going to be one in the one of the maybe ten things I don't know a lot about. I say this okay. is oh sweet mystery of life. Right. But <laughs> it it it, it, uh, it is my one word. Yeah. Right for yep. the year. Yep. Uh, carved out yes. in a kind of a a, a block of wood. Uh huh. Which I put. I mean, it looks like a desk nameplate size. It like looks. A, you know, in fact, when that. I walked in my office, because it must have gotten there when I was uh, gone for a couple of days this week, uh-huh. I saw it sitting there from behind. I was like, "Oh, Some, somebody gave this, me a desk plate. That? Such that's so old school, right? Yeah, right. That's so old school, <laughs> you know. But it it wasn't. It, no. it says the yeast, and it has. Yeah, and it's got the uh, scripture. Yeah, it's got the, the scripture Matthew, on there. Yeah. Man, I was like, "Gosh, that is so cool." So I put it across from my desk, where I kind of can't help but see it. Yeah. Right, probably when I'm going to be in the midst of being unyeasty. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, that's why you have yeah. a one word right. to remind you. Right. So, yeah, you know, I, I stick sticky notes. Right. You've got a, a block of wood. Right. So, yeah. the bottom line of this is to, to be the yeast in my mind is to be the element upon which other men rely to rise. Yeah. So, uh, that's that was that's the word I want to be for yep. this year. Yep. So, value add. Right. You know, There's so many things rise. about it, too, though. Like, you know, it doesn't take much. So you're talking about, you know, to me, that's, you know, your concept uh, that you came up with about acceleration, yeah, right? right? It's it's incremental. It's just, a, it only needs a little bit of yeast right. to rise the whole loaf, right? right? And uh, and you spread, you want to spread the yeast. You right. don't want to just clump much. it up in a, you know, right. it's a beautiful That's thing. interesting in the scriptures, there is, the yeast is used both positively and negatively. Yeah. So, it, you know, for the one, on, on one hand, it's, uh, it's, it's an element that, in fact, helps right. otherwise you have to right. have it. Uh, on the other hand, Jesus warns the disciples to avoid the yeast of the Pharisees. In other words, right. their their negativity or yeah. you know their ungodliness can has the danger of polluting everyone, including you, Pharisees. Right. He's warning them yeah. avoid avoid, yeah, yeah. avoid their yeast. And you know it's funny in Scripture because the Pharisees are like never understand those parables, and they're like, "Is that because we f- forgot bread?" <laughs> He's like, "No, it's not because you forgot bread." Ugh. 
Why, why do I bother? Yeah. Oh, yeah. This reminds me of a funny thing, which we'll I will tell you right before we roll that beautiful, beautiful bean footage. footage. So yesterday, for some reason, we we're talking about one of my guys. Uh, lawyers works for me. I've got yep. like three guys around the same age and in their mid twenties. I said uh, his name's Ryan, and I said, "Did your parents name you after Ryan O'Neill?" And he goes, I don't, "I don't think so." And I said, "How do you know that?" He goes, "I don't have any idea who that is." I said, "Come on." And you'd think they would have told me. Yeah. I said, "Come on." Yeah, he and he goes, that. I don't know who Ryan O'Neill is. Right. I said, well, I mean, he was right up there, believe it or not, with Steve McQueen in his in his in that time. And he's like, who's Steve McQueen? Yeah, there now, we go. I mean, you don't yeah. know. And so I asked the other two guys. I'm like, surely you guys know who Steve McQueen? Nope. No concept. Yeah. Nope. No concept. Yeah. Robert Mitchum? Nope. Nope. Paul Newman? Nope. Nope. The guy. <laughs> Paul Newman. <laughs> like, uh, doesn't he make a salad dressing Robert, or something? Robert Redford. Oh, that's... Um, he's the he's Sundance actor, guy, right? Actor or something. Yeah, an actor or something. <laughs> so I break out uh, AFI's top 100 movies, Oh, which I think I'm going to say I've seen maybe 95 of them. Okay. Of them, yeah, yeah. Many of them twice. And right. a lot of them are old movies, you know, like sure. African Queen before my time, right? Yeah, but it's a that's a they, classic. By the way, I mean, they didn't know Humphrey Bogart was. They had no idea. They huh? have heard of the movie Casablanca, but never but seen it. So they hadn't seen. Yeah, that, no. They'd whereas seen I'd seen ninety-five them. movies, they had probably seen five. Yeah, knew collectively, the, <laughs> three of them knew what The Godfather was, but never saw The Godfather. Now that's a sin. I'm just going to say it. That's I, I, that's inappropriate. I, Every male in the world should have seen The Godfather. Well, I, what it illustrated to me is, I think we tend to. In generations, assume make assumptions about what succeeding generations share with us culturally, yeah. and it's not necessarily the case. You know, uh, obviously music. Although, like I could say, I'm, uh, in the in the case of my own children, because of Spotify and Apple Music, I mean, they really have listened to everything. Yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah. if it's good, they know about it. Yeah, from from all different eras. Yeah, which is which is interesting. Literature is that because you kind of put that over there nope. or is it because it, it part of that just the discovery through i, and I it was, it's hard for me to really say huh. why it is but so i've got an 18 senior high school uh-huh. who um huge huge billy joel fan really yeah 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 i love that and you know we'll be sitting there and she'll put you know put like the stranger on and you know on sonos or something on a, yeah, yeah. On, a on a hot you know night yeah, you know, and on the weekends we're just all hanging around on the porch, and I'm just like that kills me. It's I'm funny. Just, I don't know if it's a generational thing, because but my girls obviously they're similar age, a little, little younger than yours, but um, than all yours. But uh, they 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 kind of grasped onto the Queen and Beatles. Yeah, and right. Else right. They, they, like where uh, we, where did you get this? idea? I think they get it, and the, but it did. It came through. It was like uh, yeah. If you liked this, you know, maybe you like right. this. Kind I mean, of thing. you know, when we were kids, how would you listen to that music? You'd have to get the albums. That, you right. Know, right. Yeah. Yeah. You hadn't. Well, there, there was no way. There was no one suggesting and saying, right. you know, like if you if you uh, if you enjoyed the stranger, sure. you might really like. Well, we know. had you know, because I grew up in the seventies, so we had like classic rock, long that just kind of started, like right. long play FM right. radio rock, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, like, I was hearing music from the sixties. Wasn't that old, right? I was only ten years old, right? Right. right. But nowhere did I hear music from the fifties. The only time you would even it wouldn't be that, accessible, you know, like you know, if you watch Happy Days or something, sure, right? Or uh, I guess there was oldies radio stations, and you heard it, you'd be like, "Man, that music's really dated." Yeah, it's twenty years old. Yeah, right. 
I mean, it's so crazy, <laughs> right? And uh, so, uh, yeah, but there was no like convenient way to do it. Yeah. And so you just, you just wouldn't do it. Yeah. But now, I mean, they listen to it. And of course, yeah. you know, all these old, it wasn't like Elvis was, well, I guess he still died right when I was in high school. Like maybe. It was a, a 72? 73? No, I'm like, I'm going to say 75. Oh, 77. No, it was 77. 77. It was. So I was probably a freshman in high school. But it yeah. wasn't like these guys were commonly touring, like the Rolling Stones coming right. to town. Right. I didn't realize how old the Rolling Stones were. Back then? No, now. Oh, now they're like four hundred. Yeah, I. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's no legit. Isn't right. isn't Mick? Uh, he's he's like in his mid to late seventies, right? Right. Yeah. Right. So he's still cranking it out. So music, if you think about it, has crossed generational, yeah, boundaries. Yeah. Uh, literature has because I started asking these guys about books. You know, like they'd read most of the classics because they'd been okay. assigned to it, right, in school. Oh, sure, sure, okay. But movies, no, that's that's gone. Yeah. You know that is not. That has not gotten across. That is interesting. Uh, that has not gotten across. So that's interesting. I would mm, anyway. So you know, so I got like, you want to really make yourself feel feel old? I said, so Robert Mitchum, like, right? Yeah, I don't know who that is. No, so right. he played uh, the Robert De Niro role in the original Cape Fear, and they said, well, what's the original Cape, Cape Fear? Yeah, what? No, what? They don't Cape even know the Fear? second one. Oh no, they know what second one. <laughs> Because of course it came out about the time they were right. born. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. What was that? Yeah, eighties, right? Yeah. Uh, I think two, no, no, nineties, ninety one or ninety two. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh yeah. man. But I, that's just kind of you. Just kind of. That's the way it is. That's the way it is, man. You that's the way it just, is. Uh, so it's a good lesson to us as leaders, as leaders of men, to understand that. You know, uh, a lot of times we go there and we start throwing nicknames out. These young guys have no idea what yeah. we're talking about. I know. I do. Funny. Well, last thing I'll say about it. Funny thing this guy said was. He did know who John Wayne was. And I was like, well, how could you know who John Wayne was, not all the other people? I was like, family guy. Oh, my gosh. And he goes, a lot of times when I would listen to you and me and this other guy who's my age, guys throwing out stuff. He's like, the only way I would know, I have any idea what you're talking about is if I happen to see it on family guy. That's hysterical. Yeah. (laughs) Well, on that note. Let's roll that beautiful bean footage. Let's do it. And And we're we're back. back. We're putting the band back together. What would you say you do here? We're on a mission from God. Who is the minivan centurion? He's not simply a husband, father, and a good neighbor, although he is all of those things. He's also the coarse twine that holds the fabric of our community together, fighting to keep us united in the face of those who would split us apart. Most importantly, the Minivan Centurion is the special trustee of the legacy of liberty, which has been passed through generations of tired and bloody hands from the original men who first founded and then fought to build this nation. The Minivan Centurion is you. He's me. He's every man who lives third, holds the middle, and seeks to stay in the fight. Man, it's so good to see it's you, good to, uh It's good to be seen. So I apologize to Pod Packs for that uh, digression. Uh, Nothing to apologize And I didn't for. finish my whole point, which is oh, this. Yeah. Uh, last thing to say. Listen to the uh, things we're trying. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's it, a, it is solid. It Those is, guys. They had the, the guy from San Francisco. Uh, bam, blank on his name. The guy has restarted the work. He started the San Francisco group twice. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not the peninsula, the San Francisco. The San Francisco, yeah, yeah. And uh, has a uh, kind of a unique, a unique way to headlock, and he's trying to bring guys in. Yeah. He's explaining the obstacles that he faces in cranking up the San Francisco group. 
And I'm like, man, more power to you. Yeah, it, it's it's not easy to do, uh, uh, you know, start your own kind of region if you're often, right. you know, no matter where you are. Well, gr- great but, point he made. So San Francisco seven by seven miles. Oh, okay. Small. So, yeah. But people won't, won't they, drive a mile and a half. No. It's too hard. It's crazy. <laughs> to drive a mile and a half. And he said, he goes, the like, other I could run from one side to the other like, in an hour. Headlocking guys who are, for the most part, already fit. Yeah. So don't think they need that. Already have that right. somewhere and sus- couldn't be more suspicious about the third app. He's yeah. like, so it's, yeah, it's super, a totally different, super totally different wheel. Difficult. So, yeah. yeah uh, kudos to those guys. Listen to, listen to all, the entire family of F3 podcasts, if you would. But uh, <clears throat> lately, I've noticed that the uh, stuff we're trying, guys, were on fire. And I know you personally, Dark, were, were greatly opposed to that podcast. Even oh, shut up! I only invented the idea. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, uh, and you know, I know there's a lot of people who listen to this who are F three guys. Maybe there's some who aren't. Um, but go to stuffworthtrying.com. Yeah. And you can see the stuff worth trying manual, right? Where a lot of this information right. lives. And the cool thing I think about what uh, what Tommy Boy and Italian Job are doing there is, uh, you know. In F3, we don't make recommendations. We, or, or I guess we only no, make we, recommendations. We, make, we, we only, only make recommendations. recommendations. Yeah. We don't make edicts, is what I was going to say. Like, we, right. don't, we don't make rules. We don't say do this. Right. We say like, eh, here's some things that other guys have right. done that may have worked. Right. Now, take that information, and if you want to try that to start with, right. fantastic. If you, you know, In the absence of some a better idea. Sure. But then quickly change that to make it work better for where you are which is, and what which you're is, doing. W- that's adaptability, right? Right. So you face chaos and you make rapid and necessary changes yeah. to stay in motion. That's why we're highly adaptable. The yeah. up, under the spectrum is control, trying to determine events right. Here's and the, direct the actions <clears throat> of others, right? So that's what the, I, I tell my kids all the time. You know right. the problem with rules, honey, is you can't make enough of them. Can't make up enough to keep up with the things yeah. people, crazy stuff people do. But a controller yeah. says, look, this is not as it should be and tries to make you right. Uh, meet his vision. And since now I know what should be, right. everyone must hear, everyone hereby must comply. It. You know, the adapter on the other end, which is what, what we are, says this is what it could be, and let me influence you to movement to, to that advantage. Yeah. First by achieving it myself. Right. Right. It's two different viewpoints. Oh, yeah. Well, and, and uh, you know, take one more step in that, in the andist and the adapter that, that we are. We also say, and as we get down this road a little ways, if we realize there's a better thing, I will happily, happily. abandon what I'm on. If it works... I, Happy to, yeah, fantastic, and, and doesn't violate a core principle sure. or a radical sure. motion, right? Sure. It's something I, you know, obviously that we hold to be, yeah, uh, essential, yeah. But other than that, right? Well, oh, you look, know. If you if you tally up all the the things that we deem totally essential, I, I mean, you could probably count them on your hands. Uh, yeah, it's not too many. You know I mean? <laughs> so that brings us to the latest drop to the Mini Advanced Centurion, which is Chapter Seventeen. Seventeen. That's not right. No, eighteen. Eighteen. Chapter yeah, eighteen. 18. Which is called status redux. Status this redux. Redux. This chapter and the chapter before are the two most important. I think. Oh, thank you. Uh, they were one giant chapter for a while. That'd be a big chapter. Yeah, it was big, and it, yeah. well, both ideas kind of. Those are big ideas. Yeah, those are big ideas, and they kind of they kind of uh, outgrew each other. So fair. S- start a new one. So yeah. status redux builds on hopefully mm-hmm. the radical notion. No, it does right. Yeah. Uh, but the heart of status redux is. Uh, the something I, of course, did not make up, which is the concept of a mature society moves from status to contract, right? And a regressing, regressing society moves back from status or back, or back from, contract from contract to, to, status. to status. So, status refers to a status hierarchy, right? Yeah. Which is yeah. a uh, hierarchy, uh, a hierarchical arrangement of people within a nation or a community or whatever based on 
essentially immutable characteristics right. or characteristics that become immutable. Some folks got more right than others, That's and here's why. And law yeah. treats people differently, mm-hmm. or, or rights and privileges are distributed differently based on, on that hierarchical status. Yes. So the most obvious way to view that would be, you know, in England, right, which still exists, I believe, to some degree, although, although uh, greatly watered down. Yeah. You know, on the top of the status hierarchy, of course, is the, the royals. Yep. You know, the king and yep. the princes and whatnot. Right below that are the are the noblemen of mm-hmm. your you know your uh, your dukes and your Duchesses lords and, and such. Yeah, they, yeah, you know, there's they've got it's actually a long list of stuff that we Americans are not are not familiar like marquees and stuff like that. Marquesses. Oh, yeah. Right, yeah. So it's very it's not random. It's you know it's very specific. Oh, yeah. You know yeah, as yeah. you would expect. And uh, below that level is is the gentry, the landed gentry. Right. And that's where the word gentleman comes from, and that right. just simply means a man who has land who derives his income from rental renting that land or working it somehow like he doesn't actually yeah. work right no, like no he's, he, yeah he he, he <laughs> says hey why don't you right. go farm this and you right. pay me to find i'll just right. sit here he's just landed gentry yeah. that's all it means yeah. and uh below that of course is the commoner right and and of course rights and privileges were distributed differently throughout that right. status hierarchy and if you're the commoner you're the, the lowest right right and yep. if you're the king you know you pretty you're, much had the divine right of kings when one when, when you couldn't do uh, in fact, really subject to causing great consternation amongst the noblemen, it wasn't anything you couldn't get away with until there was a revolt. And in England, there were essentially two. Mm-hmm. So those two English revolutions over time, um, and both of which came out really oddly, the violations, not oddly, but not unexpectedly, yeah. of the royal family violating the rights of the noblemen. I mean, it wasn't like, and the gentlemen. It wasn't like yeah. they weren't sweating over the commoners. No. The, you know, arguably the third, the third English revolution was the American revolution. Yeah. And that you could true, argue yeah. was the, re- was the revolt of the commoners. They were, well, that's what I was just going to say right. is they, they were English. Right. They were. They were. Right. They thought they were. In fact, that's the point of the status redux is the, the founding fathers sent the king of England a demand letter mm-hmm. and said, you, you have denied us our rights as, as Englishmen. Yeah. Uh, and he, they had a whole list of grievances. We always talk about taxation without representation. That was certainly one of them. Sure. But there were there were many. There was mm-hmm. there were many quartering of troops was was okay. one of them. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. denial of representation. You just live it. Yeah, I can't I mean, own, yeah. Right. So there's all there's all sorts of there's all sorts of lists. If you, if you look at the declaration, it's interesting to look at it. It's a demand letter. Look at it because that's it was written by lawyers. You know, and they right. wrote it in that exact way. Yeah. You know, you have you have denied us these rights. The, the first that starts out with our right to say it, which is right. You know, we <laughs> all men are created equal. We hold these truths to be self-evident. Yeah. Life, liberty, pursuit of these inalienable rights. In other right. words, here's who we are, right? Yeah. Now, here's who you are as the king of England, and you have denied our rights in the following ways. Ba 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 ba. We beseeched you. We've asked you. We've done everything we can. Right. You won't listen to us. So now we are declaring you in breach, and it's over. Sorry, tyranny's done. Yeah. Not only Thanks for us, have a nice day. but for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the radical notion, and we're gonna we're gonna do it better now. We're gonna we're gonna form a new government. It's gonna be better. Yeah. And they went and did it. It was called the Constitution, and and it took, 1776, 1789. So you know, uh, thirteen years. Uh-huh. It took thirteen years. Had a war in between, uh, and the Articles of Confederation, which were too weak. And finally, you had the Constitution, which is relatively brief, but that is a contract. Yeah. And it says the government, the federal government, is created out of whole cloth, didn't exist before, mm-hmm. and it was uh, delegated certain rights and powers mm-hmm. that. And those rights and powers that it had, or rights and authority that it had, were those that were not specifically delegated to it from the states. Right. And just in case you weren't De- clear, yeah. that's in the Tenth Amendment. Delegated up to it. Right, not, to it. Not right. you delegate us some. That's right. No, 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 no. We have these. Right. So and here's how you're going to stay know what, out of that's a, that. That is an insightful observation you just made, because well, I think most you. people Very tend smart. to think of 
when we think it was like, oh, your town is subject to the county, is subject to mm-hmm. the state, is subject to the federal government. <clears throat> up, 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 up. But that's not the language of the Constitution, right? right. That kind of, you know, the federal government, this thing created out of whole cloth because we needed something to govern interstate commerce, raise a common defense, you know, mm-hmm. some things like oh, that. Yeah. Uh, that promote the, the general welfare. Promote the general welfare. <laughs> that thing was was designed to serve the, the citizens of these United States, not right. the other way around. Right. And it was delegated certain authorities to do that, and all the rest were reserved to right of the states. Yeah. Right? So it's supposed to be. That's the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. Uh, of course, that's changed quite a bit over the years. Some of it necessary, some of it not. And I'm not going to object to that as long as we follow the rules of how it's done. Right. Because yeah. I'm interested in the rules behind the rules. <clears throat> Well, and because that's when when you get right down to it, uh, it it's it's a de, it's designed to to protect the citizenry from the tyranny from from, right? a, I mean, from that's an all whole, pa- from an unaccountable yeah Leviathan would be the you know so okay. Thomas yeah, yeah. Hobbes wrote the book Leviathan you know a 16th century 15th century English philosopher about statism run amok. Okay. Called it the Leviathan, which is a uh, sea monster, basically. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah I'm familiar with Le- yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. So, yeah. uh, and this idea is to hold the Leviathan at bay. You had to have strict rules. You had to give it only a little bit of power, mm-hmm. right, and be very judicious about how it gained power. And that's 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 the, the idea of federalism. When we say federalism, that's what we mean. Yeah. That the federal government shares power with the state governments. And, and back in the day, and and I haven't read. I mean, you you know a lot about history, and, and I've read fairly extensively about it. And, but I mean. The those who served in the federal government is that that's kind of how they viewed it, right? And so the people that that served in those positions was it much more of a uh, hey, we're just kind of you know we're here to serve and you let us know and, and like a bottom up no, kind of a thing. No. It's, it started right away, didn't it? Well, I, yeah, of course it started right away. I mean, yeah. those who are attracted to the governance will generally are attracted to power and authority, and yeah. You know, um, they, they use the word public servants, and to me, public servants is about as accurate as, as student athlete. You know, when they talk about a college football player, you know, uh-huh. like going to Baylor or something. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not saying it's not possible. And Michael Point always likes to quibble with me about this. Like there's uh-huh. a huge difference between a guy playing football at Texas A&M and a guy playing lacrosse at uh, at you know at, at uh, Liberty College or something. I was going to say, choose your small, you yeah, private university. I was trying yeah. to think how to pronounce Disquaney in Pittsburgh, and I couldn't remember. It's Duquesne. Duquesne. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so you know, he's right about that. But I mean, it, the, the, but the, the, it's about the same accuracy, right? Yeah. And, but he's right about this part, too. Like, there are certainly public servants, and I've known many who work for the federal government, not to, yeah. you know, uh, trigger Bono or anything, cast too broad a brush. There are people that go into it for the wrong reasons and, and there's some people that don't sure sure right? sure sure yeah 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 so uh yeah so I, i'm not i'm not saying that i'm saying for the most part the federal government's viewed the the creation of the federal government was viewed with suspicion right. by the founding fathers and and justifiable trepidation that it would grow too powerful so the first formation of the federal government in mm-hmm. response to the declaration of independence was the articles of confederation and it was so weak that it was ineffectual. Yeah. The second attempt was the United States Constitution, uh, and that uh, was significantly stronger, yet still limited, a government of limited power and authority for a very strong purpose. And, uh, and even then, after it was written, several states would not sign it without the appendage of the Bill of Rights, which is the first 10 amendments. 
mm-hmm. to the Constitution, which basically just repeats things, right? Yeah, it's slightly different language. That's right. right? So the federal yeah. government did not have any inherent authority to infringe upon the right of free speech because right. it wasn't specifically right. granted to it. Right. Yet they were smart enough to say, well, let's say it again. Yeah, right. Well, uh, I, I know you didn't, we didn't say yeah, this you, as specifically right. direct as well, we've yeah. got a bell. We, just, yeah. we need some suspenders too. Like <laughs> First Amendment. <laughs> but like, that's not, nothing here about the federal government being able to, to impinge upon your right to bear arms. They don't have that authority. You're right. Let's just yeah. say it one more time. Right? <laughs> For the kids in the back. For the kids in the back. Yeah. Let's just say it one more time. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's where the first 10 amendments come from. And the genius of the Constitution is it is a contract written with human hands. Uh-huh. And so it's foreseen that it's going to be imperfect. Right. So they provided a method by which it could be amended. Uh, you could propose an amendment. The Senate had to pass it. Two-thirds of the Senate had to pass it. And then three-quarters of the states have to ratify it. I think I'm right about that. Something like that. It's a big number. Yeah. You know? Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah su- you can't just be like 10 guys that, hey, you know what we can- So, right. Super majority. Yeah. It takes a super major- majoritarian uh, power to do that, right? Yeah. For they, It was placed outside the reach of the mere majority for fear that the whims of popular dissent or fervor right. would overcome people's individual rights if they happen to be in the minority. Yeah. Now, of course, when they became in a majority, because that pendulum doth swing back and forth, <laughs> that they would then change it, and you would have right. a really inconsistent government. Yeah. So that's why it is set out that way. Uh, so pretty, pretty, pretty genius if you think about it. Now, the, I believe the Constitution has been amended 27 times. Despite the difficulty to do so, yeah, I, I believe that's the right number. Is that the number? Yeah, that's the right yeah, number. Yeah. Uh, the most important amendment, I think, any freedom lover in America would point to are the, the amendments that appear about in the middle of those uh, twenty-seven, which is 13, 14, 15th amendments, which arose out uh, the Civil War, or out yeah. of the of the recognition yeah. that this there was a fatal, near fatal, near fatal, and unconscionable flaw in the original Constitution, in that it allowed for the states that already. Right. Practiced bond servancy, you know, racial mm-hmm. slavery, slavery, to continue to practice it and to count those people that were in, enslaved, yeah. to count as them as two thirds citizens. Yeah. Now that was a compromise to get the whole thing through because the South, of course, wanted to count them yeah, as we full like, citizens. Whoa, whoa, yeah. And the North said, "A, slavery is wrong, and B, you shouldn't be able to have somebody who doesn't have the freedom to vote or do anything and count them as a citizen and get a senate senator for him. Right. I'm sorry, get a congressman for him." And other things that are are, are based on a census. So that's where the two-thirds thing comes in. It's a common misnomer for people to say, well, the founding fathers saw black people as two-thirds of a citizen. Not so. They simply came to this compromise for the counting Mm -hmm. of the citizens. What they did do, uh, more accurately to say, is they failed to account for the fact that slavery was wrong and needed to end. Now, historically, at that time, it it would have been impossible. America was not behind the, the long march of history to, to against slavery, the general liberalizing mm-hmm. uh, and recognition amongst freedom-loving people that it's an abomination. America wasn't behind the times. We weren't way behind France or anywhere right. else. You know, we were about consistent with the times. Uh, but sadly, those were the times we were in. But when I say sadly, those are the times we're in, I say the same thing about the Jews being enslaved by the Egyptians or any form right. of slavery that is still yeah. practiced in some parts of the world up to today. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Now, that flaw in the Constitution was not corrected until 1865, after a bloody civil right. war over it. Yet another. Right. Bloody civil war, yeah. right? Uh, and then finally corrected once and for all. If you ever read the 13th Amendment, it's very brief. It basically mm-hmm. says that no longer anybody will... Right. Involuntary servitude is no longer 
uh, is no longer legal in these United States. Yeah. Whether it took too long or not, I'm going to say it took. If I was a slave, it's I sure as hell say it would took too yeah, long. Yeah, took too long. Right. Sure. But um, but this movement, this general movement from status to contract, yeah, it that revolution of status to contract took place in 1776. It was formalized in the form of a contract itself in 1789 and ratified by the states. It did not extend the contractual rights to all its citizens until 1865, at least on paper. Right. And then it still was not fully extended to black people because of local laws like Jim Crow laws. Right. uh, Until eight. 1960 late 1960s right mm-hmm. so uh after brown versus board of education in 1954 and the civil rights act in 1963 then even those laws start to go to the point where you could legitimately say and you can fact check me on this anybody wants to happy fact checked at all times by 1970 there are no longer any laws in the, in, in the united states of america any law that treat people differently by race yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no allowance anywhere on paper. Official. In official right. capacity, Fish. yeah. Now, it's, so that is a, a uh, de jure, I mean, of the law, de jure movement from uh, status to contract. Okay, so what does that mean? You got de jure, meaning how the law is stated and de facto how it's applied. Ah, okay. Got it. Fine arguments on both sides, de sure. facto, that it continued. Yeah. And perhaps continues to today but i do think it's undeniable that through this long march we've had since 1789 1776 really to be fair to be accurate that uh this nation has moved away from status meaning hierarchy based on anything Mm -hmm. right It, it matters who you were and you're born right to contract meanings meaning it matters that you were born right right all men yeah, are created. Yeah, your rights are not based on on who you are, who you are, where you were born. Your rights that. are based on that, that you are. Yeah, right. Yeah. The fact that you are a created being. Yeah, that's 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 yeah. contract. Not on the merits nope. of your actions. Not on the 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 right. the, the, the given merit of your birth order, your, right. your birthright, or anything else. Right. That's yeah. right. You yeah. exist, and therefore, right. Now, the idea of a contract-based governance. Is is antithetical to the factional human mind because it is part of the sin of factionalism to view yourself as being part of a group that deserves more. That yeah. is, yeah, and you can you can get to that deserves more in a variety of different ways. Sure, you can say, well, I work harder. Well, we were born better. We we're born uh, okay, right. Uh, I work harder, meritocracy. Right. You could say, I, uh, I've been a victim in the past. And, and when we say more, too, just to, to clarify, we're talking about rights. Let's just say I deserve a, a, a treatment under the law where there's a matter okay. of rights or privileges yes. that is different. Is better for me yeah. than a member of another group. Yeah, just just one, you know, we're not saying if you work harder, you shouldn't have more money or something like that. Right. that that's not what we're talking about. Right. That's, that's not right. the merit that we're talking about. That's yeah. right. We're talking about merits under the law. That's right. Yeah. Like like yeah. yeah right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Just uh, just to clarify. That's right. That's right. Now this is not a new idea. In fact, there it appears in a parable, the parable of the wine press in the Bible. So you know the parable of the wine press is you know a a guy. Uh, 
opens up a wine press, right? Mm-hmm. Goes out and he hires people, and he says, to "Everybody he hires, I'll pay you a denari." Yeah, know, right. Yeah, this is the the, and, uh, the, the eleventh hour. Eleventh uh, yeah. hour. So yeah, yeah, the, I'm just making know, sure. Yeah, yeah. In the law of the day, you know, you worked a day. At the end of the day, you yeah. got paid your denari, right? So right. he went out and he got some guys in the morning. and They worked a full day. Yeah, seven a.m. He right? says, "Hey, he needed some more guys at noon. He got some more got guys, some more. and he got some guys for you know, like at the end hour, like four o'clock or five right. o'clock, right? whatever it was. You know, and the, and the rooster sun's crows, going down. You know, yeah. whatever, however they call the end of the day there. You know, it's just like the Flintstones. You know, pull the bird's tail or. <laughs> the the owner of the wine press went and paid every man a denarii, and the man who'd been there since ARN and IM yeah. said, "That's not fair. We've been no, out we, here in the heat of the day. Why do we get the same denarii this guy gets?" Now, is, of course, the whole point of this, from a faith standpoint, you know, the unpacking of that parable is that any man who comes to Christ is, yeah. gets the same, un- regardless of when, unmerited favor that yeah. is provided by grace. Yeah, every man gets it. It doesn't matter if you've lived a great life. Right. And you, you know, when you get to heaven at the end. Yeah. Yeah. If you started your, your labor, right. So you live this wonderful life from, right. from seven, nine AM or whatever it was, right. right. All the way through. Right. Fantastic. Right. Here's your reward. But if you were the thief on the cross who said, remember me in your kingdom. And he and, says. And your salvation came two seconds before you expired. Right. He says, don't worry. You're going to be with me in paradise. Yeah. You get the same reward, Boom. you know. And so what that is, is a, is a, is a warning against you know, pharisaicalism to say, well, it's about what you do, not, right. it's not about... But I right. earned it. That's right. Yeah. Because that's status. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Because the contract is pretty simple. Jesus says, I go to the cross, right, so uh-huh. that you may achieve eternal salvation, right? He doesn't say, here's this, I go to the cross, and in consideration of that's you right. and- <laughs> abstaining from hard liquor and blah, 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 you, right, know, right. you name it, right? Right. So you can live... If you live a life of of complete brigandry, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and but at some point in time, through the grace of God, achieves a, yeah. A, your honest heart changes, changes, and you become right a follower and a believer. You could be on the walk to the electric chair after having committed murder most foul, and on the way, if you have a change of heart, yeah. such that you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior for real, for, for real. real, zap, and you aren't going to hell; you're going to heaven. And when you get there. Those that led a great life, including those you may have killed, are not entitled to question your existence. And as the in the parable, the wine press uh, owner says, "Who are you to question how much yeah. I decided?" Wait a minute, wait a minute. Is this my been, money? I haven't been fair, unfair to you, son. Yeah. You agreed to come right. now. You agreed to give me a day's you got labor paid your for denari. denari. Who are you to question whether I pay? This other guy, Denari, even if he works two minutes, that's right. my choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Isn't this my money? Don't I get isn't to, this, don't I get to right. say how I isn't do this? Isn't this my money? Yeah, because, it's my, my wine press, right? Because it's a contract. Yeah, and, and not your, a status. And your status as a goodish guy yeah. has nothing. Yeah, your status as a longer laborer or what? you know. <laughs> nothing to do with it yeah. whatsoever. And, and conceptually, in a fallen world, uh, you know, where our mortality and our humanism exists, and we look and go... That's BS. Right. You know, a lot of us would not look. not fair. Right. That doesn't make any sense. It's not but. fair. I, I deserve more. Why? Right. And then the next thing out of your mouth is going to be status. Doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. Doesn't the matter next, what comes right. out next. Right. Yeah. So this is the hard part people, you know, say, and I'm hearing it now, and this is why this whole point about status redux return to, right? Yeah. Return to the same path. Yeah. We are always in danger of returning to status hierarchy. Uh, it, it's going to look different. Well, really, ultimately, that's kind of the default. Like that is it, our, that's, our desired that's, default. Blessed are thou. Right. <laughs> it's the default. Yeah. It's the default, yeah, right? Yeah. To return to that, to say, yeah. okay. So I'll give you a, a very odd example, but it's yeah. it's so true. Uh, and I think we talked about it 
uh, in an earlier episode, uh-huh. and uh, it there were laws that the nobles made that kept the commoners from wearing particular yes. types of clothing, yep. right? Yep. And I've forgotten the name of those laws. It'll probably jump uh, out at me. It's in the chapter. <coughs> yeah, I, I, I forgot, look, I forgot the yeah. name of it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, v- oh, anyway, go I ahead. I think it starts with an S, but it, yeah. it hardly ever comes up, right? So it, it hardly ever comes up. But the, uh, the, 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 they made laws that said, okay, you're a commoner. You can't wear this particular color, purple or right. whatever. That's color right. royalty. Or you can't wear ermine. You know, I think that's a fur or something. Yeah, or, or silk. Or velvet. Or, or velvet, yeah. right? Yeah. And they would say, well, that's because, you know, you'll increase demand for it and prices go up. But the truth of the matter was, right, did you get it? Sumptuary laws. Sumptuary laws, yes. yeah. Sumptuary laws. And I think that's probably the root of the word sumptuous. I was going to say, right, like, I think because so. it's rich. And yeah, it's, that's right. Yeah, that's I mean, right. Yeah, it makes sense. That's right. So they didn't want the, the commoners imitating them right oh, that, yeah. that's why they didn't, how will we know that we should well keep you oppressed if you look like us it's that's how important status is yeah to people in a status hierarchy and that's why it's the default position to yeah. say this is my status what that really was is the is an early form of cultural appropriation if you think about it oh, it yeah. was to say I wore your that's right now yeah. now if you show up at a halloween party and you're, you know, a, 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 dressed a, as a Native you're American, basically a Scotch Irishman, and you're, you're dressed as a, as a, as a, as a, as a, a Cherokee Indian, or, yeah. or a, you're wearing a sombrero. You know, yeah. you get all this grief about that's that's you know cultural, cultural yeah. c- appropriation. So because in our in our society today, the status of having been a marginalized person, right? right that's the language of goo, yes. right? Being a marginalized person now is a higher status than someone who has led this life of privilege, right? Right. So if you led this privileged life, right, you are a lower status yeah. today, which is why some you know, unbelievably high degree of entering college students lie about their race. Oh, wow. They, 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 uh, uh, what's her name? It Elizabeth, uh, Elizabeth Warren. Yeah, okay, they, Elizabeth Warren, Warren very, very, you know, yeah. a senator from Massachusetts who for years claimed she was an Indian, Ameri- yeah. a Native American, was not. It turned out not, yeah. No, not because that, that status, she derived things from that status. Yeah. She rightly perceived that there is a status right. hierarchy, right? Yeah. Uh, I think I saw in the news a couple of days ago that there's some particular, it's not ivermectin because everybody still hates that, some sort of, uh, <laughs> it, isn't, it isn't the, but I think the same thing happened with the uh, vaccinations. Yeah. That they said they're going to be distributed first by race. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. status hierarchy. There you go. Yeah, status hierarchy. You know, and and it's uh, it would be a fair attack, uh, maybe point. Let's say attack. Make it sound so violent. It would be a fair point to make to me, or counterpoint to make to say, well, you're saying that, but you're a white dude. You're a sure. white heterosexual sure. man. Hi, white white heterosexual Christian. So haven't you? Oh, even worse. Yeah, haven't you had? All the or you and your predecessors and in interest yeah. had all the power and authority up to this time, and isn't it just making things right? And I'm like, it wasn't right then, and it ain't right now. Right. I mean, there's nothing more I can say about it. It was never right to to treat people differently under the law. And it wasn't right in 1900 and in right Tulsa, in Oklahoma, and it ain't right today. Right. Anywhere, because it is a that is a matter of status, and that's an immature. Society, and that's kind of why you know when we talk about being in the middle and holding the middle, that's kind of what we're, we're saying essentially. Like it doesn't like if if it was done to you before, right. the way to make it right isn't to turn it around and now do it back. Right, that's not you know like eye for an eye. That that's gone. No, that law was 
gone. It's fulfilled. That's, it's that's, gone. That's Old it's Testament over. law. Yeah. You, you know, Jesus ate that. Yeah, it's over. Right. It's right. over. And so the only way to get it gone now is come to the middle. Right. I mean, is to eliminate it on both ends. It has to it has to go where, away where on the, both sides. Where the Andes dwell. Right. So because an Andes could say this. Go. An Andes could say, and I hope he would say, I, I would say. Yep. A, slavery is an abomination. Yep. B, it took too long to end. Agreed. C, even when it was legally de jure right. over de facto de existed so was, yeah. in places, right? right. Uh, D, um, the descendants of people who were once slaves have suffered economic hardship that results to today. Yeah. I agree with all those things. Yeah. And, and I could disagree that we should have a policy by which the law for people is treated, people are treated differently under the law now to redress that. Right. That, to me, that's an, an, andist. an, an andist position. Yeah. An orist would say, uh, either you agree with my policy prescriptions, whatever it might be. Yeah. Let's say reparations or, or whatnot. Sure. Uh, or you're a racist. You're a racist. And, uh, you know, to point out how the danger of, of this uh, status redux is, it just happened this, this past week. Uh, a pretty good example of status redux happened this week. Uh, the President of the United States. Uh-huh. Uh, I think the con- Congress has a, a, a proposed Voting Rights Act, mm-hmm. which is designed to ameliorate what uh, the proposing parties, Democrats, believe are are yes are restrictions yeah. on the right to vote. That although they're not they're not specific against one race or another, they result in in unequal outcomes. Yeah. So they they want to eliminate those because of that, right? So. Um, you could agree with that. You could agree with those things need to be done, and I'm not taking them up either way. Or you could disagree. Uh, President of the United States had a speech, and he said, "If you disagree yeah. with my policy prescriptions, uh, you are siding with George Wallace, right, against Martin Luther King." Yeah, you're racist. That's you, racist. Yeah. Right. You are siding with uh, Bull Connor, right? Who is it? You know, yeah. uh, that was the de jure. He was the de facto race or de jure race because Bull Connor, yeah. you know, is a is a was a was a represent Bull, Bull Connor represents the kind of law in the South that made it difficult for blacks to vote or impossible. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Fire hoses and dogs and mm-hmm. all that, mm-hmm. you know, poll taxes and poll tests and all that stuff. Right. Right. You're siding with Jefferson Davis over Abraham Lincoln. Well, you're a Confederate. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So either you agree with me or or you are a racist Confederate sympathizer. Yeah. And to that I say, I object. Yeah. I mean, I I could disagree with your policy prescriptions and still not be a racist. Well, and, and there was a, a congressperson, yes? A senator. Senator. Thank you, senator thank you. who, uh, his own party, Kristen Semina, yeah. who said, I disagree with your policy. I don't agree. I don't disagree with your policy prescriptions. In other words, I agree that some of these yeah. things we should we do. we got to do something. Yeah. Yeah. However, we don't have the votes to do it in the Senate because- it requires sixty votes if the if the if the if there's going to be a filibuster, right. which the Republicans said there were going to be, and I am willing unwilling to abolish the, the filibuster. filibuster. Right, right. That would be an andist position, right? She didn't say either. You agree with me, President Biden, right. or, or you're you, the racist, you know, or, or whatever, or, or, <laughs> or, you, or you're the tyrant. Yeah, you're the tyrant. There you go. Yeah, right. Yeah. You're 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 the unconstitutional tyrant. She did yeah. not say that. No, she she. She, I, I believe she represented the. I think she tried to say in the middle. She said, "Hey, in look, the middle. right? Can, is is there a way that we can do this? Right. You know, different. Right. right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. 
Because so, I'm not, but you know, so that brings me to a question. This has come up a couple times to me uh, recently. Uh, and, and some folks, you know, kind of they hear us talk about andists and orists, and they say, "Well, isn't that an orist position to say that there's one kind or another?" Because there's two groups, right? Right. So really, andist and orist isn't a group, right? Sure, it's, it's really a, it's, it's really a way a, of thinking. It's a way of thinking. So, but doesn't that group you? It's, it's certainly not immutable, right? Right. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. That's it. And that is probably one of the biggest differences that people are, it's like, you don't have to be that way. No, right. <laughs> I don't right. have to be an andist. That's I right. could choose to be an orist if yeah, I wanted. I could choose to be an orist, yeah. right. So, uh, in fact, unfortunately, sometimes we do. So, sure. But so the heart of andism is simply to say, look, I, you know, I, I feel a certain way or mm-hmm. I have a certain set of beliefs. Mm-hmm. I understand yours are different. Sure. And I accept and respect the fact that you have those without me having to ascribe malevolent motives yeah. to you. I don't have to call you anything right. or yeah, tell you how horrible you are because you don't agree. That's right. You're, you're not a fill in dirty name here because you don't agree with me. <laughs> That's what an orist is. And an orist leaves very little room for negotiation. So, I mean, I'm no political pundit or really a guy who understands politics very well, but I would ask where the president of the United States goes from here. Yeah. Once he is now called... 52 of the 100 senators, two of which are in his own party, racists. Yeah, racists. Where does he go? I mean, he could say, I'm disappointed, you know, and I'm, I'm going to hope to try to persuade you otherwise. No, so but yeah. where, but where, where does he go from that? They if leave no right. room for persuasion. There is no persuasion. Right. You can't, like, it's only edict. It's you agree or you disagree, and if you disagree, I mean, you're the worst. I mean, we, maybe we made it too darn fancy, but it's really just, orism is just saying my way or the highway. Yeah. When you get yeah. right down to it. You know, and it's it's the unwill it's the unwillingness to recognize a everything in our lives because of the world we live in because of the nature of how we were placed here is a compromise. Right. It's all compromised. Well, politics is compromised. It has to be. It has to be right. I mean, think of the complexity of a representational government and three hundred million uh, or more three hundred twenty million uh, person nations such as ours. Right, and you got fifty senators, right? Mm-hmm. One hundred senators, right, from yeah. each state, and you got five hundred and something uh, Congress people representing right. all these people, and all the varying and complex uh, constituencies they have, and their desire to serve their constituents well and to continue on in office and all those things they have to do. Of course, there's going to be a crazy number of viewpoints, yeah, <clears throat> and that's why you have to compromise everything you do to try to get. And that's that is the system the founders saw the contract that they said was best for us. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I used to complain or, or get you know, kind of frustrated or whatever about the inefficiency of the government. Sure. You know, ah, it's so inefficient. Right. And I thought about it the other day and I was like, you know what? Thank goodness. Well, they were thinking straight. Right. You know, like, <laughs> if this thing moved fast toward one way or another, we'd be, I mean, it would be utter chaos all the time, not in a good way. Right. Of course, yeah. of course not. In yeah, a good it'd way. be a mess. Right. Yeah, it'd be, I mean, it'd be an absolute mess. So it needs to move slow because we can't have passion drive policy. We can't have, you know, uh, emotion take over, you know, and things like that. It needs to have some methodical and, and ways to slow it down and, and ways for debate and ways for other viewpoints to be able to come in and be presented, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Right. I mean, These it has to. are the checks. Right. And, and balances. balances. Yeah. Right. Because the founding fathers foresaw that there would be, um, Ambitious men. Yeah. And the, the reason they were able to foresee that is because there had always they, been ambitious men. And well, they themselves, themselves were. Yeah. were ambitious men. Yeah. and But they and, recognized that about themselves. And in order to create a more perfect union, 
They said, you know what we got to do? You know what we got to do? We got to figure out how to construct the rules. Slow us all down. The rules behind the rules Mm -hmm. such that no one man or no, even a slim majority. Right. Yeah. Can never, ever. No, it has to be. That's right. A super majority. Can't, can't. Well, for some things, it doesn't have to be, right? It's just complicated. No, yeah, no right. fair. Yeah, yeah. Because things will come to a screeching halt. But no no faction yeah. can invade the inalienable rights. That's the key. Yeah. That, that's the key. Now, it's compli- complicated, you know, what turns out to be inalienable rights sometimes. That's what the Supreme Court right. is there to do, is right. to say, well, as it turns out, that wasn't inalienable right. You know, like, yeah. so I say, well, you know, uh, City of Charlotte has a rule that you can't uh, use a loudspeaker to voice project your voice louder than twenty-seven decibels or whatever it is. Right, right. You know, within certain limits, whatever. Right. Okay. Is that an infringement upon freedom of speech? Well, Supreme Court long ago said no. Right. Time, place, and manner restrictions are not infringements upon no. freedom of speech. Because he can as, say whatever. As long as de facto they're applied fairly. Like you're not saying, right. Well, you guys can use this loudspeaker and you guys can't. Right. So right. as long as they're applied fairly, you know, time, place, and manner restrictions are allowable. Not content. Never, ever, ever. Well, let's see, because content. They, the time, place, and manner are independent of content. They have nothing to do necessarily with what you're saying. Just blessed the, thou art. Uh, <laughs> that's right. They have nothing to do with <laughs> it. Nothing right? to do with it. Yeah. That, that nothing to yeah. do with it. And, and so the founding fathers okay. were wise enough to see that the the remedy for speech that is unwanted is not to silence, but to provide opportunities for more speech. Yeah. I um I listened to uh, I was listening to a, a talk the other day of uh, a religious leader and and uh, you know he he talked about a study that was done and it said you know uh, they did a study in uh, in the Mideast to say like okay Palestinians and Israel you know like okay who, who tell us about your motivations versus your your enemies motive or your other sides of motivation or whatever right and well we're motivated by love and those guys are motivated by hate. Shocking. And you go to the other side, well, we're motivated by love, and those guys are motivated by hate. Right. And they did the same study with Republicans and Democrats in the U.S. Well, those guys are motivated by hate, we're motivated by love, right? And so you kind of go, okay, look, let's just, how about this? How about this? What if we're all correct and we're all motivated by love? Now, so step back, right, and say, now, your method for getting there might be a whole lot different than sure. mine. right? But if I assume that you're motivated by love. Impute to you all the best characteristics and motivations I could possibly do. Much as I can. Right. Much as I can, right? Then then we can come to the middle together. That's right. Right? Or, you know, or, or on this issue, not. Well, if it's essential. And well, what do you mean? On which issue? Well, I'm just going to say that that there's not always a compromise to be had. Oh, sure. Sure, sure, sure. Right? I mean. Right. Yeah, yeah. There are some things where you sometimes we'll just hold the two dichotomous ideas in our head. That's and right. That's just the way well, it, it goes. Just, it, it it can't be to solved. To me, that's the compromise. Right. Is that I'm willing to hold that, and so my compromise is I'm willing to hold those two positions, and I'm but but not to demonize you. Right. That's right. Yeah. It really isn't. Our system really isn't designed to accomplish things efficiently. It's designed to provide a forum so that when things are decided, the loser doesn't revolt. <laughs> that's really what yeah. it is. So yeah. like, you know, if yeah. you come out on the on the losing end, as right. I do in trials all the time. Sure. Right? I And my client goes, I want my client to say this. Well, I got my day in court, man. Right. I had, right. I had good yeah. representation. It didn't go the way that I right. wanted. Right. But it wasn't for lack of that's trial. That's right. Judge wasn't unfair. Right. Jury wasn't biased. 
you know, we got to put on our case yeah. and they just didn't see it this Kinda way. Kind the, of the win some, lose right, some. Right. And when a client asks me after a loss, I'll usually say words to that effect. <clears throat> I said, you know what? You got your fair trial. Yep. Judge wasn't unfair. I, I'll, I'll look back at the transcript, tell you if I think there's anything we can appeal if you made a mistake. Sure. But he let us put on our case. We, pr- we picked a jury we wanted. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and we and and the did judge the best it, we could. We did the best we could, and I'm disappointed by the outcome, but I'm not disappointed by the process. And by saying that, I hope I'm being a minivan centurion in the courtroom yeah. by encouraging my client to accept with grace what he what is difficult to accept in the flesh, which is no one likes to lose. No, especially when it hurts. That's right. Yeah. And <laughs> the same thing could be said to the political process. Yeah, like you can really strongly feel things should be a certain way this is kind of the we're talking about the controller this is not how it should be it should be this way right, right? well it ain't. but the adapter says it is what it is yeah. and there's just some times that you're going to lose the point is not whether you lost the point is whether the process by which the losing and the winning took place is fair enough not perfect sure but fair enough sure such that you can accept it and go back and maybe try again or maybe say, I'm just going to have to adapt to this. Yeah. Yeah. Because it is it is it is what it is right. now. And so That's right. We move forward. Now, I'll say the same thing to the, the presidential election system or the election system in general. Sure. It's very complicated. You know, each state does it its own way. Mm-hmm. Uh, it delegates to, in most states, it's delegated to the counties to run the elections. Right. You know, primarily, right. and they do it their own way, you know, down to your precincts or whatever. All the way, yeah. Yeah. You know, and then there's some rules that are applied statewide, some rules that are just, you know, local to the county. Right. You know, all those rules are designed uh, with hopes that they will provide the most fair and equitable and accurate uh, election process possible. But nothing's perfect. Sure. Machines are going to break down. Ballots are going to be lost. There'll be some electioneering out, you know, when people are waiting in line. Right. You know, all sorts of stuff happens. But at the end, it's it's incumbent upon leaders to say, that's that's the result we got. Unless you show me something that's right. completely egregious, that we could say it, right. it materially changed the outcome. Uh, and even then... We got we got to talk about it. We, we're going to have to move forward. Let's fix, fix the mistake right. or fix the flaw and go forward, which is why, you know, I was very opposed to Donald Trump's language after the... Yeah, the, the presidential election, yeah. you know, very opposed to calling the the calling the election process into question for fairness and equity or not equity is not the right word for 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 justice for, yeah. for being accurate. Yeah. Uh, you know, I he wasn't elected president of the United States because he wasn't elected president of the United States. Right. He didn't have a vote. Right now, if there are procedural uh, flaws in the way it was done in any particular place, and again, fifty states, three thousand counties, there's going to be it's going to be different in every single place. Sure. It's up for the local leadership to fix those. That's my belief. Yeah. That's why I would be personally against the current Voting Rights Act because it tries to federalize all these things and put too much power and responsibility in the hands of federal government, which has already proved itself not that not, competent not so good to deal with yeah. things like that. It's a yeah. reason why you delegate all this stuff, right? Is it perfect? No. Does it have to be perfect? No. How good does it have to be? It has to be good enough that the loser accepts the outcome. Yeah. Well, that that's how and that's what we should be working for and that what, what that means to a mini centurion a leader is he says when the outcome turns against him he says the same thing now it's not just good enough when he says look you know my guy won so the process worked yeah, hey yeah everything's fine when i'm winning that's right yeah. you got to say the same thing when your guy lost well it's just like you said 
you, you had your day, you know, quote right. unquote, in court. Right. Right. Yeah. Ha- hey, we had the election. We had our day in the election. That's right. We lost. Right. That's the way it goes. Right. I, I, I didn't, I didn't like it when, uh, when Gore, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. started hanging chads all over the place. Well, I didn't like that. Yeah. I thought that was, that was bad leadership. Yep. I didn't like it when Kerry questioned, I think mm-hmm. it was Ohio, mm-hmm. questioned the outcome in Ohio, said there was irregularities there. And I, I did not like it when president Trump did it because I don't think it should ever happen. Yeah. I think you should simply concede with grace and say, I will now be part of the loyal opposition. Right. I, you know, I can disagree with my opponent's policies or what he stands for and and still not demonize him and say he stole the election from right. me. Right. And if, in fact, right. there were irregularities and if, in fact, they were, then you can, then there's Address a process them. for that. A process. Yep. Process. But you don't get to stand back and go, well, I just reject this altogether. Yeah. Nope. Can't do that because yeah. uh, that, once you unleash that, it'll never end. Oh yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it will, Pandora's box is it, open. It will, it will never end. Yeah. And uh, as men of the middle that we are, I mean, even centuries of the middle, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's really this is one of the places we have to stand and fight. Yeah. Now, some people don't understand. We say fighting for the middle, and I've gotten some criticism about oh, this. Yeah, they think we mean like actually like go beat people yeah, up or something. No, I mean quite the opposite. Uh, Fight in fact, what I mean is struggle, stand up for. Yeah. Right. Fight in the sense that I fight in the courtroom for my clients' right. rights. So when I say fight for the middle, fight for what this nation stands for, the essentials upon which we are in agreement. And the way that we fight is through persuasion of ideas. That's right. Yeah. It's not a physical. And, and standing, you know, sometimes standing and, and, and demanding the, the, the due process under the law, right? right which but, I do as a lawyer for my clients. But not with a gun. Not with a that's gun. That's my point. It's well, a, well, of course not. Well, right. But that's my point. It's not a fight fight. It's a, right. it's still, it's, it's about ideas and principles right. It's not, it's right. not that, uh, you know, somehow we're, we're well, there's inciting words, a revolution. There's, there's words. Well, of course not. There's words. Well, you say, of course not, but that's what. Well, I, no, I'm saying, of course not to you. I'm yeah. saying, of course not to those out there who don't seem to understand Fair. that. Right. Go. So there's I'm not words. talking about there's some shadowy insurrection out there. Right. Uh, Buffalo uh, man. Yeah. The, the people are out there that, that when I say stand, it's the middle. When I say stand in the middle, that should connote. Yeah. Right? That should convey to the listener, this is what I'm saying, is the fight isn't against one side or the other. No. It is the middle, yes. right? And the, the opposition to the middle, the opponent, uh, those against whom we are defending, right, they are on both sides. Yes. Right? And it's not political parties no. so much. It's just viewpoints, right. factional viewpoints. Yeah, don't, that are there in, may be correlation, but it's not. that's right. not what we're talking about. It's factional viewpoints that are inconsistent with the traditional notions of fair play and substantial justice upon mm-hmm. which this nation is founded, which can be found in our documents, in our Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. Right. And and that's the middle. Like, Dredd, I don't understand the middle. Read the Declaration of Independence. Right. And right? Then you'll know. Right. Start memorizing it. Yeah. Right? I mean... I, I, I try very hard to memorize scripture. I get it wrong a lot. People say, well, I was the wrong verse. Whatever. Yeah, you but get I'm, close. I, I get close. Yeah. You know, I try very hard to do that. I work on yeah. it every day. Uh, I also work on memorizing our foundational documents, like mm-hmm. the Declaration of Independence. I, I try to memorize those things because it's too late. <laughs> oh, there's a, there's a, let me go back and grab that thing. Yeah, 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 right? yeah. When you know, you're in the moment. Right. I mean, when I'm in the moment, this is not from the Declaration, but traditional notions of fair play and substantial justice, mm-hmm. that is a common line in a particular line of cases that have to do with personal jurisdiction. Mm-hmm. So it's not, it's not fair. It's inconsistent with traditional notions of fair play and substantial justice 
to hail a defendant into a distant forum to defend himself. In other words, to say to a guy who's never been to the state of North Carolina, sue him here. He lives in Washington State, always has. Right. Now he's hailed. Yeah, we're going to extradite him to the... <laughs> right. The, the state, the court, North Carolina would say, I don't have personal jurisdiction over this man. Yeah. I'm sorry. You're going to have to go to where he, where he is a citizen right. and resident. Because those laws right. are different That's right. than what we've got here. That's right. I now, can't that, judge it. Right. Yeah. Well, and I don't want to get to a place in America where there's only two brands of people that understand this. Men who served as soldiers and mm-hmm. took a vow to defend the Constitution and men who are lawyers who took a separate vow to, to defend the Constitution. Right. You know, those who would dispense with the Constitution in periods of exigent circumstance, you're inviting in the status redux that leads directly to tyranny. Because then literally everything will become an exigent exigent right. circumstance. In yeah. in the in the uh, the OSHA stay that the Supreme Court just heard, mm-hmm. three justices the the dissent literally said it doesn't matter what power or authority that uh, OSHA has at an administrative agency. This is just too dire. People are dying. But you know whatever they right. said. Right. You know whereas right. the majority said that's the fact that people may die. That's beside the point. Yeah. It doesn't. The, 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 what Congress doesn't have the power to dictate this. And if they did, they certainly couldn't delegate it to an administrative agency. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. have that authority to do so. And there is no emergency circumstance that would ever change that. That's why we have a legislature. Right. Pass a law. This is too major a change yeah. in the life of the average American to say that, that the federal government has the right to dictate to tell you your employer, he must require you to stick something into your body as condition for yeah. you to continue to work. That's too much of a major change. It's too much of an right. infringement upon our individual liberty to simply allow an unelected and unaccountable federal agency uh-huh. to do it by dictate. It's and so now, whether you agree or whether you disagree, maybe you fall on the side of you well, thought it was a good idea. You may think it's the it, greatest idea on earth. It doesn't even matter. But it doesn't matter right. because now it is what it is. And so our job, I believe, right, as many vegetarians is to say, okay, well, this was the decision and now I will work to support that decision That's or right. I will work to change it in the same manner in which it got declared in the first place. Right. right. It's the only ways it works. If you really believe, right, I think there's, there's more than it's multi-layered but if you really believe that the only way to keep people safe from Omicron or whatever right. is to have employers mm-hmm. mandate, force. force their employees to get the shots, mm-hmm. the place to start is not the federal government. It's the states, number yeah. one, because that's a state issue. And go and try to get your state to pass that law. And, you know, if they won't, then you have to accept with grace you, that outcome. Yeah. Because... That's what America is all about. Right. Just in the same way, and I don't think it would be any mystery to anybody that I oppose that po- policy prescription. Sure. But there's policy prescriptions that I am in favor of, and I'll give you the, 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 the one that I'm most in favor of that has been shot down every time it's tried, but I'm a strong believer in term limits. Oh. <laughs> term limits, just like under, for the president, strong believer. Yeah. Two terms as a senator, four as a congressman. You know, a strong believer in that. I don't think anybody should be homestead in Washington, D.C. I think it's bad for our democracy. Couldn't agree more. Bad for yes. our republic. And repeatedly, oh, that yeah. has been found to be a matter for each state to legislate, and it's not a matter for the federal government. And I lose. Every time. Every every yeah. single time. And yeah. you know what? I'm not picking up a gun over it. No. I'm not calling people who are in opposition to me 
racist or, or horrible or, or, or pederasts. Yeah, whatever. You know, pedophiles. You know, I, you yeah. know it, that, it, it just means we disagree. And I accept that loss with as much grace as I can summon. And we'll continue to advocate as fervently as yeah, possible so, so, that maybe one day it could. And maybe one day it could. And maybe it will. Or I'll find out that I was wrong in the first place. Either way. Right. Right. But staying within the rules of the game, the rules behind the rules, yeah. means that I never have to look back and say, well, because I thought something was so dire an emergency, I colored outside the lines and used my authority beyond which. But you have to understand to it was important. It was right. Yeah. If you live in a state of constant emergency, then you should just take, what? take the constitution, tear it up. Cause it doesn't mean a darn thing. Yeah. Cause then you're just, you're, you're governing by reaction to right. whatever wind blows your right. way. And that would be the heart of status redux. Yeah, absolutely. I, I you do something for me. Oh, sure. Anything. Administer me the oath. Yes. Oh, administer you the yeah, oath. Yeah. I did it to you last time. Oh yeah. Okay. <clears throat> I state your name. I, <laughs> I, dr- I dread. Hey, Drew, you do, you do something for me. Yeah. Number one. Right. Will you love and protect your family? I will. Will you seek to be an asset in community? I shall. And will you fight to hold the middle? Every single day. My gosh, then then let's be a mini, will you be a mini band with I have. Can I tell you something? Yeah, yeah. Still got a face for radio. <laughs> Good thing it's a podcast. Hi. Hey. <laughs>